0: y'all, it's Caroline, and this is the Truth Talks podcast, where we believe that God's word has the ultimate authority, and that freedom is found in truth. So let's dive into it. Hey y'all, welcome back to the Truth Talks podcast. I'm so excited that you've decided to tune in to the first podcast q and I'm so excited um, just looking over all of the questions, and This is something that I hope that I will get to start doing once a month. And the podcast Q&A is just where y'all can send in questions through my Instagram. And then I will take those questions and say, okay, what does scripture have to say about this? And so it's kind of a brief dive into answering the question, um, offering biblically-based advice, offering scripture on it, and so on and so forth. And so with that being said, some of the questions honestly need an entire podcast in and of themselves, which I will plan to do for some of them. But today is going to be more of a brief, quick dive. Um, So the first question is, what is a woman's role in the church? Like, okay, wow, we're just going to dive into a loaded question, but I love it because I've gotten to dive into scripture and understand, okay, why do I believe what I believe when it comes to this? And like, what is the scripture that backs this up? And so this is one of the questions that we'll be getting an entire podcast episode to itself. So if this is something that you really want to um, know more about, you want to do a deep dive into this, then be watching for that episode. But for today, we're going to be looking at, okay, what can a woman do within the church? And then what does it mean when Paul says that we are to remain silent? Because that can get a little bit confusing. And I think right off the bat, starting with there are roles that God has given women and there are roles that God has given men and those are different. They're equal but different. Um, Women are not of any less value Than men, Um, you can go back and look in Genesis one twenty seven. We are both created in the image of God, and we both of equal value to God. However, God is a God of order, and we see all throughout Scripture that He has um, designed things in a certain way, that He has brought order to things, and that He has given people different roles, and that He has given both men and women different roles. And so, when it comes to the church men and women are given different roles. And one of the roles that is specifically only for men to fulfill is the role of pastor and elder. And again, God is a God of order. It's like, um, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, and like God, the father are all of equal. They're all equally God, right? They're all, um, equal value, even though you can't even place a value on God, but they each have different roles. And so, You look to the way that God has designed marriage. You look to the way that God has designed parenthood. You look to the way that God has designed the church and it all has order to it and everyone functions in a different role. uh, It's kind of like God giving each of us different spiritual gifts um, and that we all are one in the body of Christ, but that he's given us each different functions and different roles to perform and and one spiritual gift is not better than another spiritual gift. And so for us to think that the the roles that God has given women in the church is any less than, um is a sinful mindset. And for us to be jealous of the position of pastor or elder, which is the role that God has specifically given to men, is the same as being jealous after someone's own spiritual gift. Um but let's look at what what can women do in the church why can't women be pastors or elders? And what does Paul mean by telling us to remain silent? And so let's look at Acts eighteen twenty six. And in this, we see that there's a man speaking boldly in the synagogue. Also, there's a plane going overhead. I don't know if you can hear that, but we're just going to have to roll with it because every 10 minutes, there's been an airplane. Um, I, don't, I don't know what that what that is spiritual warfare over no I'm just kidding no <laughs> but um, okay Acts 18:26 we see that there's a man speaking boldly in the synagogue and afterwards um, there were two women within the church and they took him aside and they it says that they taught him correctly about the Lord and so you see that women can explain the Bible and explain um, the Lord to men and women in informal settings. Like if there's a group of men and women um, that gather together just to speak, to do like, I, I don't know, like a kind of an informal Bible study setting, then both men and women are allowed to converse um, and quote unquote teach each other about the Bible and about the Lord. And then in 1 Corinthians 11 4 through 5, it also shows us that we can prophesy and pray in public. And then also in Titus two, three through five, it says that we can teach and disciple other women. I mean, we're actually called to do so. Um, we can also evangelize we're called to evangelize in john four twenty-eight through 30 it says then the woman left her water jar went into town and told the people come and see a man who told me everything i've ever done could this be the messiah and they left town and made their way to him and then also in matthew 28 5 through 10 like women are called to evangelize we all are um and also women are allowed to be deacons. And so deacon also can be translated to the word servant. And so we see in Romans 16, 1, that Phoebe was a deacon within the church. And so deacons do not have the same authority within the church. They don't have the same authority that elders and pastors have. Um, they're recognized more as office, offices uh, to serve the church. And so they are a position without authority. And so I guess in summary, women are allowed to do practically everything besides assume spiritual authority over men and assume spiritual authority over a congregation. And that's simply just not the role that the Lord has given us. And so why are women not allowed to be pastors or elders? And I think the first thing that you can look at is that the qualifications for elders and pastors exclude women. And those qualifications are found in 1 Timothy chapter 3 verses 2 through 7 and Titus chapter 1 verses 6 through 9. And then another reason is just that the Bible specifically prohibits it. Um, in 1 Timothy chapter 2 verses 11 through 14 it says let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. I do not permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man, rather she is to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived, and became a transgressor. Transgressor. I cannot say that word. Transgressor. That's not it. You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, transgressor? Transgressor. There you go. I got it. Um. So I, I think where we get tripped up on this is that in the same verses that Paul called women to remain silent are the same verses that he says that women are not to exercise authority over men. And so when we look at Paul saying that women are to remain quiet, we have to dive deeper into this and we will. Um, but we actually see that Paul's command to remain silent means more of women do not like interject and assume spiritual authority over men. Um, that is just not the role that the Lord has given you. But because we see that, oh, okay, this command to remain silent was a little bit more contextual. It didn't exactly mean, oh, we can't talk. We try to excuse the command that women are not to exercise authority over a man. Like we try to say, oh, that was only contextual. Oh, that was only for that time period. Um, and and that's just not the case because let's look at the reason why Paul says that women are not to exercise authority over a man. And the reason Paul uses is that one, Adam was formed first. He says, I do not permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man because Adam was one, formed first, and two, Adam was not deceived. Those are the reasons that Paul gives for why women are not to assume authority over a man. He doesn't use some contextual Reasoning such as, oh, the women at that time period weren't as educated or that those women, he was speaking specifically to those women because they were being disruptive with their false teaching. No, the reason that Paul gives is he points literally back to creation saying that Adam was formed first and that women are easily deceived. then you look back at the Garden of Eden and you see what is a woman's root sin issue okay, we're easily deceived. We deceive ourselves. Eve deceived herself into eating the fruit. Adam was not deceived. He knew what was right. Yet he was passive in allowing um, her to sin and going along with her sin. And so we see that one of the reasons that God has not placed women in this spiritual authority is because he knows um, our, our sin tendency and where we default and we're easily deceived And so the reasons that Paul gives, it transcends cultural contact, it transcends society, and so it's a blanket command of the Lord just saying, hey, this is the role I've given to men and not women. And there are some roles that God has given to women that he doesn't give to men. And so one of our inclinations is to be deceived. And so this is a reason why God gives that leadership position to men. And I I can understand that there's, like, frustration here. Um, But I, I think a lot of the frustration comes not from the way that God has designed it, but from the way that our sin has interpreted the way that God has designed it. Because God has designed it perfectly, but I think that the church has, in the past, done a bad job of... Um, taking these verses too far to mean a woman cannot speak up in the church. A woman um, should not be listened to and kind of going too far down that path. And so I think that some women have been hurt by that. And now we're almost trying to go too far the opposite way of which we explain away and ignore the command that God has given us because we don't like it. Or because we don't feel like that should be true or we don't feel like god should have designed it this way and so (laughs) we allow our emotions and our opinions and our desires in this context to twist what scripture is saying and y'all we have to be so careful um so i understand that there's frustration with this but we have to submit to the truth of scripture and understand that god's just created us to have different roles and both are good And to rebel against um, the position that God has given us is to rebel against your God-given role. Like, I, I think we think so much this is like man versus woman and, like, man's the one telling me that I have to submit and man's the one telling me that I can't have authority. And it's like, no, like, man might sin, might might interpret that command sinfully and like hold it over you in a way that he shouldn't. But it's not man putting you in that role. It's not man putting you in that position. It's God placing women in that position. And it's God placing men in the authority position. And so for our sin to just allow us to become blinded in this topic and think that it's not good, that women's role is less than... Or whatever it may be it's just wrong. Like I said, I think our sin causes us to see it as, to see their position as something to be jealous of rather than acknowledging that that's their God-given role and that we have a God-given role to walk in as well. And then jumping down to, are we called to remain silent? There are a few verses in the Bible specifically pointing to 1 Corinthians and 1 Timothy, which is what we just read, where Paul tells women to remain silent. And if you want to look at 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 14, verses 34 through 35, it says, The women should be silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but they are to submit themselves, as the law also says. If they want to learn something, let them ask their own husbands at home, since it is disgraceful for a woman to speak in the church. Okay, reading that at just um, first glance, it's like, whoa, okay, like... (laughs) is this paul commanding us to just be silent in the church we're not allowed to speak up no that's clearly not um because that goes against other scripture where that we talked about what can a woman do within the church and so with looking at that scripture we know that scripture doesn't contradict itself so clearly paul must mean something differently when he commands women to be silent and so this command is not a blanket command saying that women are not allowed to ever speak in the church um especially in Corinth, it was kind of, Paul was telling multiple people to remain silent because it was just, the church was so disordered that everyone would try to interject and everyone would try to claim spiritual authority. And the women were doing that as well. And they were interjecting themselves into a position that God had not given women. And so it's a command to be silent in that we don't assume spiritual authority within a church, within a church congregation. But there's also a lot more explanation for that. And so I would just point you to um, gotquestions.org and they will pull up a lot of scripture for you on this topic and kind of explain it. Also, there's an app that you can download, free app. It's the Enduring Word Commentary. Um, And just go and read commentary over this just to get further explanation of, okay, what did Paul really mean when he said to remain silent? Um but yeah, I would encourage you to go look at that. Um, they'll be able to provide you with a lot of scripture and explanation on those things. But moving on to the second question, um, how can you practically set your heart in the right place to spend time with the Lord? Okay. Let me just say that this actually is something that I've really been struggling with. Um, Man, I did a whole podcast on what I've been walking through in the past couple months. It's called When God Feels Distant. But from that, it's been really hard to pray. And it's been really hard to be disciplined in reading my Bible. I just don't have the desire to do it. And so I don't have my heart in the right place going into it sometimes. But I think the point is that our heart is never really in the right place anyways. And so it's, a, it's not a fact that we have to get our heart to be in the right place before we come to prayer in the Lord. I think that prayer is a way that we get our hearts in the right place because we need the Holy Spirit to change us and we need the Lord to change our hearts. And so I think just coming before the Lord and being honest with Him, like something I do is I'm like, God, I do not want to pray today. I do not want to read my Bible today. Help my heart. Like, help bring my heart to be in the right place. And we see that we can be honest with the Lord time and time again in scripture. And we see his patience in that and his kindness in that. And so, just coming before the Lord and and being honest with whatever it is. And being, Lord, help me. Change me. I think another thing you, you could do is, before you pray, before you're like, Hi God, I want this and this and this changed. Um... Man, just like sit still for five minutes. And I know that it's really hard to do that, especially when we live in a culture with, I think they say it's like we have the attention span of a goldfish and it's really hard not to let your mind wander. But if you just sit still in the morning, like just sit still and you can just sit there um, in his presence because the Lord says, if you draw near to me, he will draw near to you. Just uh, sitting still And just being with God, I think helps to center our hearts in the right place. Um, And then I also think a big thing, a huge thing, is thanking him and praising him for who he is. Like, whether you do that during your five minutes of kind of just sitting still, or you just do it right before you pray of just saying like, God, thank you for who you are. Thank you that you are good. Thank you that you are Yahweh. Thank you that you are Jaira. Like, just thinking and praising him for who he is, setting your heart and mind on things above, setting your heart and mind on him instead of whatever else you feel like you want to bring to him or um, what other whatever other distractions that you have. Just sitting there for a moment and praising him, and just telling him things in your life that you're thankful for. I think is just like hugely important and helps to bring our hearts to that that place of thankfulness and praise and bring our hearts to be centered on him. And then I think whatever it is that is causing your heart to not be in the right place, um, just kind of doing a heart check on it and find scripture that is specific to your sin struggle in this and pick out a verse or a few verses and like meditate on it, like like seriously. Like repeat it to yourself over and over again. Pray it over yourself. Ask others to pray it over yourself I think another way that we can set our heart in the right place is by telling others about it um being honest about where our heart is and bringing it to community and asking for prayer in that area um but yeah just meditating on scripture um praising God and thanking God for who he is to get our hearts focused off of ourselves um and and our desires and what we would rather be doing than praying and, and making it about him and focusing on him uh, and then the next question it says, what does having intentional time with the Lord look like without having a check the box mindset? I think this is really hard. Um, but I think there's a, a difference between discipline in prayer and having a check the box mindset. So having a check the box mindset is kind of like, okay, I'm doing this so that I can say that I did it so that I can say I'm a good Christian so that I can kind of, Oh, maybe you think that God will be, you know, more pleased with you. Maybe you think that spending time with the Lord, um, in some way, like I said, makes you a better Christian or makes the Lord more pleased with you or that it has something to do with your salvation, which it does not. Um, and I think it's more of like, okay, This is on my to do list just because I want to feel better about myself as a Christian or whatever it may be. I think that's kind of more of the check the box mindset. And then there's a discipline mindset where there is such a thing as spiritual discipline. And we are not always going to feel like spending time with the Lord. We're not always going to feel like that because we're flesh, we're sinful, and our hearts. Like our hearts don't desire holy things. Our hearts don't desire good things. And so our hearts are going to desire oftentimes to not spend time in the word. And oftentimes and we're not going to feel like praying. But it doesn't always matter how you feel about something. Just because you don't feel like doing it doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it. Doesn't mean that we're not still called to pray. Doesn't mean that we're not still called to know the word um, and, and pursue and seek a relationship with him. And so the discipline aspect is like, okay... I am doing this because one, it's what I'm called to do. Two, this is what deepens my relationship with the Lord. I want to know him more. I know that this is what is good for my heart. I want to seek him. I want to have that relationship with him. I don't feel like it right now, but I'm doing this out of obedience to the Lord. I'm doing this because I know this is what is good for my heart. And so just having that mindset of more of building a relationship and doing it out of obedience, I think, is more of the discipline aspect. I think sometimes um, when we set a to- set aside time, um, and it's that more of that check-the-box mindset, we're like, okay, I'm going to make sure I say my prayers quickly, and then I'm just going to like read this passage quickly, and then I'm going to be done and move on. Um, and we're not actually allowing ourselves time to be in the presence of god um and we're not actually coming to our quiet time expected to learn expectant to learn and so when you are in that quiet time um don't rush yourself through it don't just scan the scripture and just close the book and get up and leave um man come to it expectant that the lord is there come to it expectant that the lord is going to reveal something to you through his word and i think again like, be honest about where your heart is. I think a big part of having intentional time with the Lord is, like, praying not so much about, like, this checklist of, like, God, would you do this and this and this? Amen. But, like, truly understanding that, like, we are in relationship with him, and that is a time where we get to, like, sit in his presence. And, and you see in Jesus' life that he oftentimes went off and prayed, and he oftentimes went off and had that intentional time with the Lord. You see in Mark chapter 1, verse 35, that very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place while he prayed. I think finding a quiet place where you're alone to just read scripture and pray is really important. And then just also praying that God would shift your perspective from a check-the-box mindset to a disciplined mindset. The next question is, am I ready to date? I think this is a really good question to ask ourselves because I think so often when it comes to dating, we're like, oh, is this person okay for me to date? Where is their heart? And we're like evaluating everyone else, but we don't stop to evaluate like, wait, God, am I ready to date? Like, do I need to like be working on my heart? Like, is this even where you've called me to go? Um, And so I think like check your desire in this because the desire itself to date is not a bad thing. But I mean, I've seen it happen multiple times that girls especially, we desire a relationship so deeply that we disregard discernment, wisdom, counsel, um, and what the Bible says to look for because we want that relationship so badly that we don't believe that God's way is better. And God's way is either singleness or waiting for someone who has all the character qualities that the Lord says to look for but so often we just, our our desire for it is so great that we desire it more than discernment and wisdom and and biblical counsel. And so if you're in a place where you're like, man, I am willing to date the next guy or girl that comes along, like, and you're, you're in a place where you're willing to disregard, um, just wisdom and, and what scripture says to look for, then like, I would say no. Um, you're you're not ready to date, and so just check your heart in that, knowing that the desire for it is not wrong, but you have to desire the Lord more. You have to desire His wisdom more. In Song of Solomon, it says three times, "Do not awaken love before its time." And this just kind of goes with what I was saying of like, I and mean like don't like push love. I guess it's like it, it serves as a warning because we become so desperate to find love that we start looking for it in all the wrong places, or we start making excuses, um, for the people that we're wanting to date, or we just desperately want it so bad that we kind of force it to happen and it might not be the right timing. And so just don't awaken love before it's time. Just walk in what the Lord, where the Lord is placing you. And if it comes up then like that's awesome but don't um awaken these these desires of your heart before it's time don't search for it in places that it should not be found and then another thing is like do you know what the bible says to look for Um, and not just like oh yes he needs to love the lord or she needs to love the lord and be kind and all of these little things like i would encourage you to take a deep look at okay what does scripture really say because it is truth and it is wisdom and so man, look to those things. A good place to start would be First Timothy 4.12. Um, and then also like, do you have what the Bible says to look for? Like, is your heart um, in the right place and reflecting that? Another thing is like, do you understand the goal of dating? Are you walking into it with the intention of, hey, I'm looking for a spouse. I'm looking for a partner to do life and ministry with. Um, or, or are you approaching it as like, I just want to have a boyfriend or girlfriend because that's fun and that's what everyone else is doing and it's going to fulfill this need that I have or this desire that I have. Um, So just understand the goal. Um, And then are you ready to date? Like evaluate, like, are you actually pursuing the Lord? Like, are you actually walking in obedience? And I think that that's a tough question that some of us actually really need to sit down and be like, okay, like, Does my life reflect what the Lord has called me to? Do I love the Lord? Because Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. So do you love the Lord? Are you walking in obedience into what he's called you to? Um, And then also just like, have you asked God? Like, have you asked the Lord? Like, God, am I ready to date? Would you show me if right now you are calling me to singleness? Or would you show me that, hey, it would be okay if I started dating someone um, So just praying about like, Lord, am I ready to date? Um, he's the best person to ask about this. But a resource that I would point you to for everything dating is the book called Outdated by Jonathan Pakluda. Um, it's all about, you know, um, how to date. What does the Bible say about dating? All of these things, and so it's just a really good resource to look into. The next question was not really a question. It was tips for boundaries in dating. Um, And let me just say, I, to be like completely honest and transparent with you guys, like I have not walked in this perfectly. Um, And so some of this, like I'm just going to be saying from like experience of like, what have I learned through being in a relationship? Where have I gone wrong? and, And like where have i fallen short and what has actually truly helped. Um and so i think something to keep in mind when you're approaching like dating is like it's not about seeing how close you can get to the line without crossing it. It's about asking, okay, how far away can i stay from this line that i'm not supposed to cross? Because when you start playing with this idea of like okay, how close can i get to the, like how far can we go without going too far? I promise you, you will go too far you will cross the line. Um, and I've been in that area of like, oh, like how close can we get to the line? How can we set up our boundaries to where they'll be like as close to the line as we can get it? Um, and it just, it, it that never works. And so do not fool yourself into thinking that you can flirt with this line um, that you're not supposed to cross, that you can get close to it and thinking that you will not end up crossing it because you will <laughs> so um just how far away can you stay from the line and then I think with like individually assessing boundaries um like ask yourself like okay is this glorifying to my flesh or is this glorifying to the Lord um, and just evaluating that straight off the bat um, asking yourself this question that those questions and then I also think like whenever you are in those moments of, crossing boundaries or um wanting to set boundaries that are like closer to the line you're not loving that other person um and I think we deceive ourselves and say oh no I am loving them in this way like I am physically loving them but you're not loving them at all you're actually doing the complete opposite you're causing them to be tempted and you're causing them to stumble and you're helping them sin their, sin against their own body And so just realizing that you're not loving them, you're harming them. And again, with not getting as close to the line as you can, it doesn't say do not commit sexual sin, it says flee from sexual sin. First Corinthians six eighteen says, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. And do you not know that your bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And so I think this is the other thing is that if you like knowingly put yourself in a situation that you know you're going to be tempted, it is sin. Because it says to flee from those situations. And so, man, know what's going to tempt you. Know what situations um, are going to be a struggling point for you. And stay far, far away from them. Um, And and the boundaries conversation needs to be a continual conversation. A continual commitment to it. A continual evaluating of it. Um, And so, I think there are times where you're like in a relationship and you're like, well, that boundary didn't work out. So like we need to come back and talk about it and evaluate it. And I think there's been many times in my relationship where it's like, okay, clearly these boundaries are not working. So how do we reassess them? And I think a trap that we have fallen into multiple times is just like pulling the boundary back halfway um, and it wasn't pulling them back far enough to where they needed to be to keep us from falling into that sin. I guess I guess you can explain it as like we would still place ourselves in situations where we knew we would be tempted. Um, and so that completely needs to be removed because that also does not work. Don't pull your boundaries back halfway. Pull them all the way back. Again, flee. And I think a huge thing for boundaries is, man, have accountability. Like you need to have accountability and just for your accountability partner's sake, like tell them what you need from them. Like say, hey, I want you to ask me about this like every day, once a week, whatever it is. And like kind of give your accountability like the permission to kind of step on your toes a little bit um, and, and tell them like, hey, I need you to hold me accountable in this area. And then I think for the last thing of like, boundaries, this isn't even a physical boundary, but this is a, a boundary that I didn't even realize was a thing, is emotional boundaries. Man, those are a real thing. Those are a real thing. Um, and I think this comes with, like, letting your heart get ahead of where you actually are in present day. I mean, like, this is something that I was struggled with, of letting my heart get ahead of the timeline that God has actually placed us on. And so it ends up being really difficult when you do that. Um, and letting your emotions jump so far ahead and not putting a boundary on that and not guarding your heart in that. Um, and, and just like, make sure that you're present in the timing that the Lord has placed you in, because if you're continually looking to the future, then you can't be faithful in what he has you in right now. And so just realize that, you know, like emotionally you do need to set up like boundaries. Um, And I think that that can look different for each person, but I think one that should be universal is, man, don't let your heart get ahead of where you are in present day, because, and I'm speaking from experience here, like it just brings discontentment. Um, it brings frustration, it brings hurt. And so guard your heart in this, because that's really important. Okay. That is all the questions that we are able to get to today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, Again, I will have, we, I referenced a lot of scripture. All of the scripture that was involved in this podcast will be linked in the description. So you can check that out and reference it again if you need to. And then if you want to be able to submit a question for the next podcast Q&A, or if you want to stay up to date on all the latest podcast news, make sure to follow along at caroline.adrian on Instagram. All right, y'all. Y'all have a great week. Thank you so much for tuning in and I hope to see you back y'all thank you so much for tuning in to the truth talks podcast my prayer is that we would be a people whose lives are rooted in the truth of scripture make sure you share subscribe and repost the podcast so that we can continue to grow our community and be a generation that walks in truth and lives in love